Good morning, everybody. Good to see you. Uh, welcome to River Glen. Big welcome to everybody over in Pewaukee and online. And uh, welcome here in uh, Waukesha. Everybody in the room, delighted to have you with us as we begin this new series called uh, GOAT. GOAT stands for the greatest of all time. Many people like to debate and argue about who, who's the GOAT in sports. One of the biggest uh, discussions right now is who is the GOAT in basketball. And so just for fun, let's do a little survey uh, by applause. If you're uh, watching online, you can just type the name in the uh, chat. But uh, I, I mean, how many of you think it's either Michael or it's either uh, LeBron James? Uh, how many of you think uh, the GOAT is uh, Michael Jordan? All right. All right. Uh, how about LeBron? LeBron James. Okay. Packer fans, who do you think is the greatest Packers uh, quarterback? How many of you would say it's Brett? Brett Favre. How many think Aaron Rodgers? Uh, Brewer fans, who do you think is the GOAT for the Brewers? How many of you would say Robin Yount? Okay. Uh, how about Paul Molitor? Okay. Okay, interesting. Well, we're beginning this new series called GOAT. Not about sports, we're talking about the greatest scripture of all time, the greatest chapter of all time in the uh, Bible, Psalm uh, 23. Besides John 3.16, I think Psalm 23 is probably the most well-known, most quoted, most memorized uh, scripture, in my opinion, of all uh, time. Uh, no other chapter of the Bible gets the attention of this one. We don't talk about, you know, 10th Matthew or 15th Deuteronomy, but we do say the 23rd uh, psalm. I probably use this scripture, Psalm 23, for more funerals and gravesides than any other. It's probably the number one scripture inscribed on gravesites in uh, cemeteries uh, because it brings such uh, comfort to people. But you know what? Sometimes I wonder if maybe we have limited Psalm 23 to funerals and plaques on, on the wall because it's not a scripture written for the dead. It is written for the living, and I'm telling you, it can make your relationship with God come alive like never before and bring you peace and comfort and uh, contentment. And the goat is for everyone. This chapter is not out of reach for anybody. David wrote Psalm 23 toward the end of his life, and as he looked back, he had some really amazing high points in his life when he was anointed king and when he defeated Goliath. David went on to serve as the greatest king in the history of Israel. But you know what? David also had some desperate lows in his uh, life. Some of them were, were because of his own foolish uh, decisions. If we were to make a list of all the sins and mistakes and drama and pain in David's family, it would probably sound like, you know, the craziest reality show on television. So this is for everybody. If your life is messy, Psalm 23 is for you. If you're new new to faith, it is going to show you practical ways to connect with God. If you have followed Jesus all your life, it will strengthen and deepen your connection to him. Even though David wrote this chapter thousands of years ago, it touches on many areas important to our lives today. We're going to talk about busyness, decision-making, getting through tough times, just to name a few. And so I really hope that you'll join us as we go on this journey together. Here's how I want to get started. Let's read the goat together out loud. On the count of three, would you join me? One, two, three. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. 
He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Each weekend, we're going we're gonna to go verse by verse uh, through this. So we're going to start with verse 1. And this is really the key, I think, that unlocks the rest of the psalm. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. King James translates it, I shall not want. The New Living Translation has a little more positive vibe. I have all that I need, which sounds great, doesn't it? Sounds fantastic. But I don't know about you. I always feel like I lack something. I want something. Like, uh, I want this, you know, right here. The uh, 2021 Corvette, red. It's got the rectangular steering wheel, 0 to 60 in 2.8 seconds. It's not going to happen for a lot of reasons. But in reality, I want things. And you want things. A few weeks ago, I had dinner at my daughter's house, and she cooked the whole meal in an air fryer. I had never eaten food out of an air fryer. I didn't really know what air fryers uh, were, and it was delicious. And I'm like, I got to get one of these. I lack an air fryer. I got one. I love it. In fact, I love it so much. I think I put on five pounds from eating so many French fries. And now I lack self-control. I mean, we always lack something. Have you noticed if you go online and you search for something or you buy something online, you start to see more ads for it. You know, somehow they, they know that, uh, you know, you might also like these other items. Customers who bought this also brought these other, bought these other things. And frequently this was bought together with these other uh, items. You discover more things that you lack. We're always reminded of what we lack. When you lay awake at night and you think about what other people have that you don't have, what is it you think, oh, that's what I need. That would make me happy. Maybe you lack a bigger house or a newer car. Maybe you lack a spouse or a job or kids. Maybe you lack friends. Maybe you lack a newer car. You know, if you can't think of anything right now, here's an idea, a suggestion. Go, go on social media and scroll through Facebook or Instagram and just look into the lives of other people and see what they have. And you might realize some things that you lack. You know, I made a list. Maybe it's a, a beach vacation you lack, or maybe it's tickets to the baseball or basketball game. Maybe it's a date you're lacking. Maybe it's muscles or style or I don't know, maybe it's something more abstract like romance or happiness or purpose. And we live with this angst. If I just had this, then I'd be happy. And so what do we do? I mean, we go after, right? We work hard. We push ourselves. We get it. And we discover that lack is a moving target. And there's something else that we lack that we want to get. Money, possessions, pleasure, power, prestige. They might gratify, but they don't really satisfy. But in the first verse of Psalm 23, David tells us there's a way to live where you lack nothing, even though you don't have uh, some things. And the key is not to deny your needs and desires. Many religions teach that, that you deny your needs, deny your desires, but God made us with needs and desires. 
And he wants to satisfy us. Here's what I think David is telling us in this first verse. Satisfaction, fulfillment, it doesn't come from pursuing your needs. It comes from pursuing a relationship with God. The key to fulfilling your needs doesn't happen in pursuing your needs, but in pursuing God. But here's the question. If God fulfills and satisfies us, then why don't we pursue God to meet our needs and desires. I think it's because if the Lord is my shepherd, what does that make David? What does that make us? It makes us sheep. It makes us sheep. And so we really need to understand our role as sheep and the role of the shepherd uh, for, to, to find satisfaction in God. Now, I don't really know very much about sheep. You know, I didn't, I didn't grow up on a farm. I've never really been around sheep uh, very much. And so I did some study on uh, animals and sheep in the, uh, in, the, uh, in the Bible. And I learned that the Bible actually mentions sheep more than any other animal. This was interesting. The Bible mentions sheep over 200 times. Horses are mentioned 160 times. Cattle are mentioned 131 times. Dogs over 40 times. Eagles 30 times. But do you know what animal is not mentioned one time in Scripture? It's cats. Yeah, I mean, you can... You can you can look it up for yourself. Cats were a mistake. God regrets them, I think, a little bit. I'm just, I'm just teasing. I'm just having fun, just uh, kidding around with you. But here's my point. No animal is mentioned in the Bible more times than sheep. And the reason is because we are compared uh, to sheep. But, but I'll, I'll be transparent uh, with you. Okay, this is not a compliment, all right? Sheep are not very bright animals. And I'm going to show you that today because we really need to understand sheep to understand Psalm 23 and to experience the satisfaction and the peace that God wants for us. Back in the ancient world, I mean, they had sheep everywhere. David grew up uh, tending sheep. I mean, everybody back then knew about sheep, but not many of us have sheep roaming around in our backyard, right? And so I want to share with you a few facts, some facts about sheep. First of all, sheep wander away, and they get lost easily. We're told that there may not be a more dumb animal than a, a sheep. I mean, sheep just have this tendency to wander away and get lost. Think about this. What happens with most other animals? You know, if you let them go. If you let a horse or a dog or a cat out of the house, out of the pen, what happens? I mean, one of two things, right? They either come back or they turn wild, but not sheep. A sheep will wander aimlessly and get lost and die. You know, I wonder if there's anybody else in the room here besides me who has a tendency to get lost. I mean, I get so easily lost when I'm driving uh, my car, and it has been a, ca a cause of conflict in our marriage. I mean, my wife loves maps. She loves to read maps and directions. I'm more adventurous, but I get lost all the time, and uh, GPS has really helped. GPS is great, it's probably saved our marriage, but I still, I get talking and I'll miss an exit, I'll miss a turn, and I get lost all the time. Now, you may not get lost driving, but do you get lost in any other area of your life? You ever woken up and thought, you know, how did we, how did our marriage end up in this place? You ever wake up and say, how did we end up here financially? You ever wake up 
and say, how did we wander? How did I wander so far away? Take a look at what God says through the prophet Isaiah and let these words really sink into your heart. It says, all of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We've left God's path to follow our own. All of us, that would include me, all of us are like sheep. We have a tendency to wander away. We allow the magnetic pull of this world to pull us away from God's best for our lives. Here's a second fact about sheep. Sheep lack discernment, and they get in trouble regularly. I mean, think about it. That's why a shepherd's staff, it's got a hook on the end, because the shepherd is always pulling the sheep out of dangerous situations. I mean, sheep wander into all kinds of crazy predicaments. Sheep are known to walk between two rocks, and they get stuck. And all they got to do is, is back up, and they'd be free. You know what they do? They move forward, and they get even more uh, stuck. And uh, that's why sheep are, are often referred to as the dumbest animal. I got a real short video of a sheep that I want you to see. Take a look. Now it speaks for itself, doesn't it? Sheep are not the brightest animal. Sheep need their shepherd. They lack discernment. They get in uh, trouble. Do you know this? Most animals have the discernment in them to know what plants are poisonous and what berries not to eat, but not sheep. On its own, a sheep will eat a poisonous plant and it'll die, just die right there. You know, I wonder how many times have you dabbled in something? Have you indulged in something poisonous? Maybe a drug, maybe a pornography, and you just went there. Or how many times have you got stuck between a rock and a hard place, and instead of just backing up, you pushed forward further? How many times has that happened in your life? I can tell you that has happened many times in my life. We lack discernment just like sheep. Here's another fact uh, we know about sheep. Sheep follow the flock even to their demise. Here's what sheep will do. A flock of sheep, there'll be a flock of sheep, and one of the sheep will just walk into the fire and get burned. And then another sheep will walk into the fire right after uh, him. Or one sheep will go off the end of a cliff, and another sheep will follow and go right off that cliff uh, too. And when sheep go to a slaughter, what many farmers do is they have a Judas goat. They'll train a Judas goat, and the Judas goat will walk up the, the ramp, and the whole flock of sheep will uh, follow and, uh, to, to the slaughter. And a sheep will watch a sheep get slaughtered and then walk right into the exact same place. You, you ever been there? You ever watch people around you make a, a dumb decision, and you think to yourself, you know, I, I would never do that. Nah. And then you find yourself doing the exact same thing. We know that, that flirting with temptation or an addiction can be harmful, but I'll go over that cliff too. Or I've seen debt destroy the lives of, of other people, but, you know, they got a larger house, they got a newer uh, car, and I think I can handle it. I'm going to go into debt up to my eyeballs. And we go over that cliff uh, too. Uh, we have a tendency to just follow the flock. Here's another fact about sheep. Sheep scare easily. They are fearful and anxious. Sheep have been known uh, that if a rabbit, you know, one rabbit jumps out of a, uh, of a little uh, bush 
it, it can send the whole flock uh, running. And only one of the sheep saw the, the, the rabbit, and that sheep starts running, and the whole flock starts running. They're running, and they don't even know, they don't even know why. You ever found yourself just crazy, anxious, and scared, and you don't even know why? You know, this past year, that has just in, increased because of the pandemic and so much uncertainty. That's why we need a shepherd. A shepherd calms the sheep. Here's the last fact I'll tell you about sheep. Sheep are defenseless without a shepherd. This one really interested me. Think about it. Almost every animal has the ability to defend themselves. Almost every animal has a defense mechanism. I mean, porcupines have uh, needles, uh, horses can run, dogs can bite, cats can scratch, a skunk can spray you, even a frog. I didn't know this, but uh, several years ago, many years ago, we had a frog in our house, in our kitchen, a frog uh, hopping around. And uh, at this time, we had a pet cat named uh, Ellie. Now, this is a long time ago, okay? This is way, way in my uh, past. And uh, Ellie uh, got off the couch for a moment and tried to help and grabbed the frog with her mouth. And so she walks around the house with the frog in her mouth. And then all of a sudden, Ellie starts foaming at the mouth, just frothing at the mouth. I didn't, I didn't know why. It was like a science fiction <laughs> like a science fiction movie. It turns out, maybe some of you know this, that frogs have a defense mechanism. They produce a chemical that oozes out of their skin, and it tastes bad uh, to uh, animals to uh, protect them. And so Ellie spit the frog out, and uh, Ellie was absolutely no help. And uh, that was the last cat that uh, we ever um, had. But frogs have a defense mechanism. Even a, even a snail, a little snail, has a hard shell. But what does a sheep have as a defense mechanism? Nothing. They don't have sharp teeth. They're not fast. They don't blend in. You ever seen a herd of wild sheep? I mean, no, because they would get destroyed. They, they, they have no def they're defenseless. They would get destroyed by wolves or other animals. I share these facts with you because Psalm 23 and throughout the scripture, it says that we are like sheep and what sheep need the most is a shepherd to care and provide and protect and to guide them. And just like sheep, maybe the reason that we feel like we're lacking and afraid and anxious is because we need a shepherd in our life. But it's hard for us to admit that. I mean, we tend to think, you know, I'm so smart, I'm so strong, I'm so educated, I'm so awesome. I don't need a shepherd. And we live in a world that says, you don't need anybody. You got this on your own. There's a popular phrase in recent years, and it's really caught on. And it's not all bad, but the phrase says, you do you. You do you. And parts of this are good. You know, don't follow the crowd. Don't compare yourself to other people. You do you. But if we're not careful, you know what? This can take us to a dangerous place. Because what if you doing you how you want, when you want, what if it could destroy you? Because the truth is, we are more like sheep than we want to admit. God made us with a need to depend on a shepherd. So now that we understand sheep, let's go back to Psalm 23, verse 1, and let's understand the shepherd. I want you to notice in verse 1 here, see this, how the word Lord, notice how it's all capitals, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. It should be capitalized 
in your Bible. And the reason is not because, you know, David forgot he had the caps lock on when he was uh, typing uh, Psalm 23. No, it's because when, when you see Lord, all capitals, it points back to the Hebrew word for God, Yahweh, which is the highest name for God. It means almighty God. It means the all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present one. It is the divine name that means the God of everything. And I love the way David starts this psalm, not by focusing on, you know, his laundry list of needs. He focuses on the, on the Lord. That's the wisdom of, of the goat. If I, if I had written, you know, this psalm, uh, I probably would have been tempted to say, you know, you know, dear Lord, I mean, we are just tired of this pandemic, and our economy has struggled, our nation is divided, and we don't even know who our starting quarterback is going to be when the football season, you know, gets, start, gets started here uh, this fall. But David doesn't begin by focusing on needs. He focuses on the Lord. He says, the Lord, the highest and most powerful being in the universe, is my shepherd. And the word here that David uses for shepherd, it's a compound word. It's not just shepherd. It's shepherd companion. That's a literal translation. My shepherd companion, my personal shepherd. See, David doesn't think of himself as a sheep in the middle of this huge flock where he sees the shepherd, but the shepherd really doesn't see him. Where from the shepherd's perspective, all the sheep really look alike, and he doesn't really know the difference, and he doesn't really know the varying needs. David says, no, 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 no. The Lord is my shepherd companion. The Lord is my personal shepherd. He knows who I am. He sees me, and that's why I lack no thing. I lack for nothing. And it raises a really important question for all of us. The question is, how do you see God? How do you view God? Many people view God as just an impersonal force. You know, he's just this cosmic force out in the universe. He doesn't really care for you. He doesn't really want a relationship uh, with you. That's how many people see God. Or maybe you see God as a disappointed uh, parent. You know, you get a B, you should have got an A. You get a C, you should have got a B. And you feel like, you know what, no matter what I do, no matter how hard I try, I cannot please God. Or do you, like David, do you see God as your shepherd companion, as your personal shepherd who meets your deepest needs and your deepest uh, desires? How do you see God? I love this quote by A.W. Tozer. He says, when it come, what comes into our minds when we think about God, that's the most important thing about you. That's the most important thing about us. And I think that's why David begins the goat by giving us this beautiful picture of God as the shepherd who cares and guides and provides and pr protects us. Well, years later, Jesus came on the scene and he personalized uh, the goat. In John chapter 10, he said, I am uh, the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That's what Jesus did for you. That's the gospel. He, he died for you and he rose again so that you could have a full life and lack nothing now and forever. And then Jesus goes on and he describes another kind of person who takes care of sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. And so when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons his sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man, who runs, the man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing 
for the sheep. And so the hired hand is like an hourly worker who would take care of sheep. And the hired hand might look like and act like and dress like a shepherd. But when the wolves come looking for a lamb chop dinner, the hired hand runs and leaves the sheep unprotected. It's just a job for them. But Jesus says again, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me. And I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus says, I'm not the kind of shepherd where you're just, you know, one shepherd in in the middle of a big flock and all the sheep uh, look alike. No, Jesus says, just like I know the Father, I personally know each and every one of the sheep. That's how much he cares and provides and guides and protects you. And when you have that relationship right, when you are the sheep, and he is the shepherd, you realize, I lack nothing. I have nothing to worry about. There's nothing that I need that I don't already have or that I can't receive from the shepherd. That's why satisfaction comes not from pursuing your needs. It comes from pursuing a relationship with Jesus. And so I want to, I want to uh, I'll give you some homework to nurture and grow what we're talking about today. And uh, each weekend, we're going we're gonna to give you uh, some, some ideas on things you can do to nurture and grow what we talk about on the, on, the, on the weekends. Here's your homework. I want you to read the goat. Read Psalm 23 twice a day. Take you like five minutes. Would you do that? Read, read Psalm 23 twice a day. Maybe, maybe do it once in the morning. Maybe do it once in the uh, evening. And, and, uh, don't just, but don't just know the words. Allow those words to really know you. If you don't already, you can download the YouVersion app. And you can read Psalm 23 right there on your phone. Here's another idea, another practice that might help you. You ever practice a breath prayer? A a breath prayer is a way to meditate on Scripture as you breathe in and breathe out. For example, you could pray a breath prayer with the first line of Psalm 23. As you breathe in, you pray, the Lord is my shepherd. And then breathe out, I lack nothing. Yeah, let's, let's try this together. As, as you breathe in, pray, the Lord is my shepherd, and then breathe out, I lack nothing. All right, let's try this together. Let's try that again. Ready? Imagine doing that every day while you're walking through the store, uh, while you're driving in your car, maybe while you're waiting in the school uh, pickup line. I mean, here's the thing. You're going to breathe anyway, right? And so why not make it a breath prayer, especially when you're feeling uh, stressed and anxious and lacking? It'll remind you, you're a sheep, and you have a shepherd, a good shepherd, who meets your deepest needs and desires. We've got nothing to worry about. Um, there's an old story about a priest who celebrated his 50th anniversary at a church. And so they had this uh, celebration to honor him for his uh, 50th um, anniversary at this church. And he invited his personal friend, close friend, an actor, by the name of Richard Burton. And what he did is he, is he asked Richard, his friend, uh, to come to the party and recite the goat, Psalm 23. And Richard Burton agreed to do it under one condition that after he recited it, the priest would get up and also recite Psalm 23. And so at the appointed time, Richard Burton stood and he recited the goat with complete mastery and all the dramatic elements. I mean, it was elegant, it was beautiful, 
And uh, the congregation just applauded immediately. And then this humble priest gets up to recite from his heart this beloved psalm. And it wasn't near as eloquent, but he spoke Psalm 23 from the depths of his heart and his soul. And after he finished, the congregation was in awe. Some people were moved to tears. Somebody sitting in the front row next to Richard Burton leaned over and uh, said to him, uh, why did the people loudly applaud you and yet were silently moved by the priest? What's the difference? And here's what Richard Burton said. He said, I know the psalm, but he knows the shepherd. I know the psalm, but he knows the shepherd. That's what we want for you in this series, not just to know the psalm, but to really get to know the shepherd. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for Psalm 23. It is an incredible scripture, great uh, chapter in your word, and uh, I need this psalm. All of us need it. All of us are like sheep, and we need a shepherd. And so I pray that, that uh, you would help us to learn and embrace, especially this first verse today, that you are, are the Lord, you are the God of the universe, and, and you are my personal shepherd, my shepherd companion who cares for me and provides for me and loves me and protects me and even died for me. And so everything's going to be okay. I lack no thing, and I've got nothing to worry about. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.